Edison Hatter back with you here on First Over with Edison Hatter. This is episode number three, and we already have a repeat guest, Robert Reed Jr., the author of the Horse Players Journal at Wood by Mohawk, and the on-air handicapping personality at Grand River is back with us once again. So, Robert, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'm the first repeat guest now too, right? That's two milestones. Indeed you are. You've been on two of the first three episodes here, and uh, hopefully we will do better on this episode than we did on the first episode. A very tricky early pick five sequence last Saturday night after the Hamiltonian at Woodbine Mohawk. Returned nearly $16,000 for 20-cent ticket, and neither one of us had that. No, it was a very difficult sequence, that's for sure. Uh, you know, I, I knew that uh, the Hensley stable was coming around, but I could not find Jam Jack of Hearts, who won and paid $76. But, you know, the one horse you want to put a big circle around that we both needed, I know you liked uh, very much, was uh, Town Delinquent out of Race 2. Uh, she got into all kinds of trouble, and I would put that one on your watch list, everyone, because uh, you know probably won't be a price next time, that's for sure. Went off at even money, but could not have got uh, a more troublesome trip and finished third, only beating a length and a half most certainly and uh so robert as we record this now it's wednesday evening and you just finished up the day at grand river for your on-air handicapping there some big prices there as well today i believe only three winning favorites and how about that 145 dollars horse to close out tonight's program oh yeah that was a real wild uh you know uh nightcap for sure it, it landed out uh you know 70 to 1 on to 30 to 1 the horse that finished second actually was the horse i picked for second and i loved uh you could be that girl who ran second at 30 to 1 but i could never find the winner there's going to be a big carryover in the high five for uh friday night race six there uh it was a real tricky tricky card tonight i ended up with two winners on top with a positive roi because they paid pretty well uh but you know it's always fun that uh, grand river uh monday wednesday and friday nights that's always good to know and their first post time always 6 30 p.m correct yeah that's right so for those wanting to follow along with grand river also some good ontario harness racing up there so with that we will move on to friday evenings Woodbine Mohawk card this coming Friday, August the 13th, 2021. And we will talk races 1 through 10. We're going to give out early and late pick five tickets here on the show tonight. And we'll just get right into it here. We'll start with that early pick five, races 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, a $100,000 guaranteed pool, and a 20-cent base wager. So, Robert, in race 1, how did you see it? Well, I'm going to go with two horses in the first race, and that uh, is my top selection, number three, Le Petit Grease, who I thought uh, raced really well last time at Grand River. Actually raced really well in her last two. Uh, she sat the two-hole at Grand River on Industry Day the last time. Speed-favoring track. You couldn't really gain an inch in the stretch that day. She only got beat half a length. You know, James McDonald, though, books off to actually drive the other horse I'm using, number eight, best keepsake. Uh, but, you know, this one does pick up Chris Christofferu. My top selection in the race, she's got speed off the gate. Uh, last two times, race well to be second. But best keepsake, the eight, I think, is one that um, you, you kind of have to use. Number one, James McDonald sticks with this one. Uh, last time got hooked up in a real big speed duel before finishing fifth and non-winners of two. Has raced at the gold level this season. Uh, and just one that, uh, you know, I need to have on my ticket. So I'm going too deep. To start us off with 3-8, how about you, Edison? Well, and by the way, I forgot to mention the conditions here. We're looking at Phillies and Mares, 4-year-olds and younger, non-winners of two races or 18,500 lifetime. And I'm now concerned to hear that the local Woodbine Mohawk expert says we must include the 8 because that is the one I ended up taking a stand against. Now, we both spent a decent amount here in the early pick 5 and 
ended up having to try to eliminate some horses as I was kind of looking through my ticket again at the end. And the eighth best keepsake was one I ended up leaving off just because that outside post does have some gate speed, but was disappointing as a favorite last time out, I thought, against kind of similar company. Did have that tough first over trip, though. I had to grind the lead there at three quarters and was just caught through the stretch. So definitely would not be surprised if she beats me here. But I'm with you. The three La Petite Grease is my top selection and the one that I hope will get it done, although obviously James McDonald's driver selection there could be reason for some concern. But I also like the seven, Bellina, who has won two in a row here. We'll be looking for her third win in a row. She's been even money favorites both of the previous two efforts and maybe a little bit trickier in here tonight, but we'll see if she can't get the job done once again. So three and seven for me, also starting two deep here in leg one. So as we turn the page to leg two, race number two, gets into some of these stakes events, which a lot of Ontario Sire stakes coming up here at Woodbine Mohawk. And the Ontario Sire Stakes grassroots two-year-old Phillies division is race two. Where did you see that one, Robert? Well, you know what? And the, the horse player's journal, I landed on number seven, Motivation, as my top selection. And, you know, this one did uh, disappoint last time, but was nine to one in that effort. And, you know, you look at that race, it's for grassroots starters, so it should be easier than an actual grassroots race. But it really wasn't because you had Silver Label in there, uh, Delight by Emma, and some other nice ones as well. So I'm not going to fault Motivation for that seventh place finish. And two starts back, she did win a division of the grassroots in really nice fashion. Uh, a front end score in 56 and four. I did decide to go four deep though. I use number two, Shanghai Steelster. This one's a speed threat. And I think can, you know, potentially, uh, you know, go all the way in the front end or maybe sit a two hole trip. Also use number four, be my sunshine. This one's been racing, uh, you know, decently in her last couple. And of course, Sylvan Filion's a guy you never want to leave off your ticket. And uh, I also use number five, just call me song. This one actually broke my heart last time. Was that my spot play on July the 20th finished 10th beat in 21. Left her off my ticket July 29th, and of course she comes back and wins at 14 to one. And uh, you know you could not have scripted a better trip for this horse. Sat eighth, every horse on the pylons pulled, and she ended up coming through and to to win it with really just getting the the dream trip for any horse sitting last uh, to just close up the inside uh, with no traffic trouble whatsoever. So I think that that's kind of a knock against her, but I'm not going to leave her off because I did believe in her two starts back. I liked what I saw last time. She might be trending in the right direction. Yeah. I end up very similar to you here in this second race. I used the two, the five and the seven, the seven I thought was that very good trip or very tough trip rather last time out. And can't really falter for that seventh place finish, as you mentioned. Ends up parked through the first uh, half mile. Did get to the lead, and obviously was just tired through the stretch. But did have those two wins before that. Uh, the five just call me song does draw better, and for sure got an absolute dream trip last time out. And Richard Moreau, of course, has hundred and four winners so far this season, definitely and must include. And Shanghai Sealster here with the better draw as well, off of two second place finishes in these Ontario Sire Stakes. And so just two, five, and seven from here in race two, although the three wings might be an include for some since we do have some thoroughbred listeners I know out there. We'll see if uh, maybe she's as good as her Australian counterpart <laughs> as we move on here to race three, another Ontario Sire Stakes grassroots two-year-old Phillies division. What do you think in race three, Robert? Well, in race three, I decided to go four deep again, you know, and this is a real tough sequence. You know, you kind of mentioned that earlier, Edison, and I think that uh, the name of the game is going to be to stay alive through some of these races and, and try to get some prices down. I did pick number five, Stonebridge Talia, as my top selection. I do think uh, she's a vulnerable top selection, though, so I did also include number three, Creme Delight, who did win last time. 
uh, with uh, James McDonald aboard for uh, trainer Murray Brether. And it was a, a solid enough effort to actually get past number eight, uh, Socket Toomey, who I think that, um, you know, might be better this time around. I was kind of surprised to see that one get picked up. Uh, you know, in uh, her latest, and you know, she gets post eight this time. She's a speed threat. I think this filly's got some talent, so I wouldn't be surprised if she comes back with a better effort. The other horse that I included was number six, more than my hometown. Now, I've seen this horse race at, at Grand River Raceway, and then again at Georgian Downs last time. You know, three starts back at Grand River, that victory is a lot more impressive uh, in the replay than it is on paper because Austin Sorry had to really figure out how to get out from the spot he was in and when he did it was a measured victory won by a slim margin but he this horse was never asked to the wire she was just kind of coasting uh to win it and then last time second over at georgian downs she cruised in so i would not be surprised to see more than my hometown come with a big effort i think she'll like the bigger surface at mohawk park she's kind of one that uh, does her best uh pacing late in the mile and i'm very interested to see how this one does once again we're Going pretty similar here for me. I just take two of your selections. I go with the three and the five. The three, Creme Delight, did have that win last time out. And, you know, it was actually one of only two in this field to win, which I think is definitely a positive for her chances. But obviously, these young two-year-olds, they always can pick up their first wins whenever they should come. And I also use the five, Stonebridge Thalia, who was, of course, out there on Industry Day out at Grand River in the Battle of the Bells. Uh, post six there, got towards the back of the field, was never really in that race, but does get a softer spot here, I think, today, and a uh, good post draw, as well as back to the seven-eighths mile track, which maybe she'll enjoy the switch back here to the bigger track. So just three and five for me here in race three. We move on to the fourth race, fourth leg of this early pick five. The Phillies and Mares, non-winners of 3,000 in their last five starts, or non-winners of 10,900 in their last and starts and for me i ended up going deep here using the three the five and the seven the three sunday afternoon was one that we saw down at the meadowlands during the ontario racing shutdown and has had some tough tries at this level recently but hopefully we'll get a little bit of a better trip here today the five shamar's lady havoc i do use who does have very little gate speed it would appear she's gotten off the gate pretty slowly each of her last couple but she does have a pretty big finish coming home the back side there, the last two quarters in 27 and 4 and 26 and 3 last time out, but was just a little bit too far out of it early and ended up second, beaten by a length and a quarter. So we'll see what she can do here tonight. As well as the 7 Cat, who does have a tough post to deal with again here. A little tricky there from post 7. Had post 9 last time out, but is continuing to drop down the class ladder. And when last seen at this level, back on July 23rd, she was beaten just by a length of three quarters, finishing second, and previously was a winner at the level, four starts to go back on July the 13th. So three, five, and seven for me here in race four. And Robert, I know you are taking a stand here with one of those horses here in race four. Yeah, definitely. You know what? I like the the horses you're using. You know, I thought Cat was really good to win this class four starts ago and then did finish second, like you mentioned. And Shamar's Lady Havoc, you know, last time blasted home in 26 and change and looked really good at the end of it. But I singled Sunday afternoon. And, you know, the reason why this is the second start back in Billy Bud's barn. And, you know, last time the, the effort, you know, kind of looked underwhelming at first to me on paper. I watched the replay a few times. She got a difficult trip. And I mean, she still came home in 55 and three. And I think that's a sign of good things that come for this horse because, you know, she's a mare that's, uh, you know, racked up 
you know, 18 wins in her career, over $250,000, you know, but what I really like about this is that Billy Budd has sent her out for 13 of those 18 career victories. So she always seems to perform her best, uh, you know, out of his barn. Uh, she gets back there now for a second start. You know, she's back in on a regular rotation. Uh, Doug McNair's aboard. He's no stranger to winning with this one. I think we're going to see her go down the road tonight and we might see a much better version than we saw last time. And when I was looking at this sequence, I said, you know what, where's a horse that I can kind of single that, you know, maybe won't get singled, uh, you know, by a lot of people. Uh, I mean, again, I think she's going to be used a lot, but might not get singled uh, on a lot of tickets. I said, you know what, it's probably Sunday afternoon for me. So I'm going to hang my hat, go all in on this one. She's done well for me in the past. She's only one for 20 this season, but I'm hoping that Billy Bud can wake her up to a big effort on on Friday night. Yeah, for sure you are bolder than I there. I could not find a single in this early pick five sequence, but you do find one there in race four. As we now turn our attention to race five, the payoff leg of this early pick five, and it's for Ontario Sire, three-year-old Phillies, non-winners of 20,000 in their last five starts, and we are both four deep here to close out the sequence, but we do use a couple of different horses, so let's hear about yours first. Yeah, you know what? I thought this was a real uh, nice, tricky race to finish off the sequence. And then I think there's going to be some nice payouts uh, in this one, no matter what happens uh, throughout the way. I went with the four horses that I put in the journal. And, you know, my top selection I went to was number six, Chiefs Dream Girl. You know, raced in two gold events in her last two. She hasn't hit the board in three starts this year, but she's faced really difficult uh, opponents in each of those efforts. You know, even her non-winners of two races, one by DeBarn Dogs Watching, who, you know, has performed really well at the gold level. So, I think that she's dream girl, you know, this is now her fourth start of her sophomore season. I really think that she might be primed for her best effort, uh, you know, of the year so far uh, for her, you know, last season, seven eleven in the top two. I just think this horse is better than what she's shown so far. And, you know, last time she made a move at Grand River on Industry Day to get, uh, you know, into contention and then kind of fell back out of it again. Went a big third quarter at 26 and four again. That was a track you could not gain an inch on. So that was a pretty big move, uh, you know, for this filly. And I really think that uh, she might be primed for a better effort today. You know, the other ones I like in here are number 10, Cyclone Sealster. I think that, uh, you know, if you go back two starts back, you know, she might have, uh, you know, been right there if she didn't make a break in stride she was kind of looking for room uh, at that point in time and, you know last time tried out uh, the goal the grand river from post seven i just strike that line right off the page and then uh, number eight seal sports extreme you know 15 to one in the morning line this horse can come home with the best of them and i think uh, you know might uh, give some you know real bomb potential here uh you know in the uh, money leg leg and then you know, number three um Andrew Day, you know, I use this one, you know, I took a stand against her actually two starts ago. She kept going in a, in a division of the OSS grassroots. Uh, she, she was a real gritty effort to win by a neck in 153 flat. Last time took on Gold Company, no chance again from the back of the bus at Grand River on Industry Day when it was a speed favoring track. But, you know, I'm using her uh, in this spot and I'm kind of taking a stand against the horses that rode that bias uh, on Industry Day at Grand River because, I, it was such a big bias that day that, you know, you can't really uh, gauge it fairly as to how they would have done, you know, in a, in a uh, different scenario or a track that was playing fairly. So I am with you on two of those. I will take the three Andrew Day as well as the six Chiefs Dream Girl, which for both of our sakes would be a very nice way to close out the sequence with the eight to one morning line. But my other two horses that I use are the four Beach Moment and the five Alumni Sealster. The Ford Beach moment I thought was really hard-pressed early there at Grand River on Industry Day, but 
still got to the lead after having to work through the first quarter and uh, still was able to hold on. Wasn't the fastest come home time in the world by any stretch, but she did what she had to do and got the job done. And she'll look to make it two wins in a row here after finishing third here at Woodbine Mohawk back on July the 22nd in part of the Ontario Steyer Stakes. Then the five on the Silster also coming out of some Ontario Steyer Stakes uh, was hard-pressed or was also uh, used pretty hard there early down at Grand River on Industry Day, 26-3 and three and 55 flat with the lead to the half mile. And similarly, she did not come home in the fastest time in the world, but she did what she had to do to get the job done that day. And we'll see how she does here coming back to the big track at Woodbine Mohawk. So three, four, five, and six for me here to close out this early pick five. So to recap there, Robert's ticket, we have three, eight with two, four, five, seven with three, five, six, eight with three, a single there to Sunday afternoon in race four and to close it out three, six, eight, and 10. So that's a $25 and 60 cent ticket for Robert. And for me, it is three seven with two five seven with three five with three five seven with three four five six. I spend just a little bit more, $28.80 for my early pick five ticket on Friday night. So with that, Robert, we'll just flip the page right on to the next race, race six, which will start the late pick five. Also a 20 cent base wager, as always. And we have very cheap tickets. For the late pick five, both of us, relative to the early pick five, definitely a little bit easier on the backside of the card here. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I certainly think so. And, you know, I think it's really a great card, pound for pound, right from start to finish. You know, we've got uh, 12 dashes and, uh, you know, the, these first 10 races, uh, you know, I guess the first five are there's some wide open events. And then these five here, uh, races six through 10, I do think there's a couple of horses you can single. And actually, I actually kind of sp- force myself to spread it a little bit more to look for some prices in the other legs too because i actually even had it a little little thinner than it is right now uh, edison i'm not sure if you kind of experienced the same i did a little bit to some extent um yeah i'm looking at a six dollar ticket you're looking at a seven dollar twenty cent ticket i think i was almost looking at a three dollar ticket so for sure some horses to rely on in the later part of the card at least in my opinion and also yours but uh We'll just jump right into this here, starting with race six, the Ontario Sire Stakes grassroots two-year-old Philly division, more Ontario Sire Stakes action. And for me, this was one of my singles in the sequence. I just go with the four. Delight Bayama is your favorite on the morning line, but I think it's been really good so far. Two for three so far in her lightly raced career, including two starts back where she got off the gate in seventh, had some interference to deal with at the half-mile pole, and still came home strongly in that back half to win by a length and a half. Had a bit of a tr- tough first over trip last time out last week, so she'll look to avenge that second place finish, the first defeat of her brief career this week, and I think she will get the job done. But I know you use a couple other horses in here. I did. And you know, and listen, I think Delight by Emma is one you need to respect in here. She's won twice already in her career. No one else has uh, tasted victory yet, right? And no worse than second in those three stars. Last time, second is Silver Label. So even in defeat, she finished, uh, you know, behind a real good one, uh, you know, for the Nick Gallucci barn. Uh, I did go with two others in here. And I went with one of those Gallucci pupils and uh, the one um, Velvet Stinger. And this one, you know, kind of interesting because you go back uh, two starts ago, you know, made a couple breaks in stride and still finishing third as the favorite in a grassroots race here at Mohawk Park. And then, uh, you know, last time 
He got away ninth off the gate from post eight and, and really could never get into the race. They didn't really go much up front. This horse blasted home at 26 and four to finish fifth. Uh, you know, Austin Sawyer was aboard that day. Uh, and the same race that Delight by Emma uh, comes out of. But now you get James McDonald back at the controls. And I think Velvet Stinger is one that might uh, step up her game in a big way in here. But the other one that I really like and actually pick on top is number five, Ribbon Ridge. Second start for this filly. And last time had no chance the way the race uh, kind of panned out. Got away seventh, sat there for much of the mile. Had to kind of negotiate for room uh, before angling outside in the stretch and really liked the way this one paced home. She didn't do anything flashy, like come home in 26 seconds and change. She just went about her business in a way that I really uh, thought was visually appealing to me. I don't think she was really ever asked because she had no chance of catching in the mood uh, and could only really get up for a second. That was the best she could do in there. So I think Ribbon Ridge might uh, really progress nicely from start one to start two. And uh, I put her on top in here and I'm hoping that she is, uh, you know, maybe second or third choice. For sure, got to respect your choices there. Hopefully, my single will get it done. But the one Velvet Stinger also should mention gets a much better post draw with that rail draw. She has yet to see the inside of the gate in her brief career, including a qualifier in there and her three paramutual starts. And the five Ribbon Ridge, definitely some local rooting interest, at least for me, bred by the Winback Farm there in Chesapeake City, Maryland. So we'll flip now to race number seven, the second leg of this late pick five. Billy's and Merritt's five-year-olds and youngers, non-winners of five races or 85,000 lifetime how'd you see this one robert well this is a great race isn't it i mean you've got uh it's a non-winners of five event but you've got you know four horses that are all you know top level oss gold horses uh you know as three-year-olds uh, maybe even you want to extend that you might even say five of them really um and you've even got a couple of uh you know aged uh, mares in here too that are nice ones and i i, I you know decided to go in the direction of the three-year-olds that are basically in the golds. And my top selection is number five, Western wish, you know, tried to overcome that speed bias at grand river last time, sat forth, you know, through most of it made a nice move and, you know, actually look like she might get, uh, you know, two or at least near Scarlet Hanover, but that uh, you know Philly was uh, just really well meant on that day on the front end, and Western Wish had to settle for second, but two starts back, you know, fifty and four over this uh, you know bigger surface here at Mohawk Park, and came a real nice back half and and one going away. So I'm going to go to Western Wish on top, but the horse that I also think that you need to really respect is Jody, number two for the Hensley uh, Barn, because the Hensley Barn has really caught fire lately. They've been, uh, everything they send out uh, looks very live. Uh, they're racking up a lot of wins. And you know what? The horse that kind of uh, made me think that might trend might start was Jody on Industry Day because, you know, this horse in their first start uh, for her new connections raced pretty poorly, uh, you know, on July the 23rd to finish fifth, beaten by a wide margin. Well, she actually overcame the bias to finish second on Industry Day. She made a wide move around the final turn. And you know what? In the program, you don't really see it, but it was a four wide move around that last turn, which is not easy to do at Grand River. Paced a big third quarter on a uh, way to finish second to Vols Delight, who I think is one of the best uh, fillies in the division. So, you know, I would not be surprised to see Jody step up in here. I, I was torn for, over who my top pick would be. I went to Western Wish, but I also like Jody. The other two that I'm using is, is um, or sorry, the other one that I'm using is Best Head West, uh, only because, you know, another, you know, good draw now for this one. Last time kind of sat an inside trip, did all she could do to finish third. And I'm still waiting for this one to, you know, see her best, you know, winless in six this year, but has raced well. I wouldn't be surprised if she comes up with a better effort tonight. 
So uh, this is the one for me that I really spread in this leg. And obviously with only a $6 ticket, there's really not too many places you can say you're spreading deep in with that cheap of a ticket. So I actually use five in here. I use the two, the four, the five, the six, and the nine. So I'm with you on the two, Jody, and the five, Western Wish. I also use the four, the Barn Dogs Watching, who was a winner in the Ontario Sire Stakes in a $100,000 race. Two starts ago here with by Mohawk. Finished third down at Grand River in another $100,000 race there on Industry Day. And uh, since then has been pretty good. Has been in, has three wins so far this year from six starts after going 0 for 6 as a two-year-old. So she's definitely turned the corner, it would appear, this year. She also has a second and a third place finish in there, so she's only failed to hit the board once, and that was a really tough first over trip back here on July 5th at Wood by Mohawk. So we will see how she does tonight. The sixth, Lady Lou, you know, I, I think I'm I'm really finding the bias that I pick my Meadowlands horses, the ones that I've seen in person, I definitely seem to have a higher opinion of for sure. But this one for trainer Tony Alano was seen most recently at the Meadowlands, actually just a couple of weeks ago. And this one always has good gate speed, as she has in her at least last two lines there for sure. But sometimes she can't quite finish out the mile too well, including that effort back on July 24th, 54-1 and one to the half, where she was parked out at that half after having to retake and was just kind of a brutal trip from there. Crawled home in 28-3 and 29-1 and one to finish seventh, beaten by a wide margin. But was second, two starts ago at the Big M. Got a little bit better rating, or was actually a very similar rating, really, on the front end. Um, just seemed to have more left in the tank that day. 26-3 and three and 54-1 and one to the half, identical fractions, but came home in 27-4 and four and 27-3. and three. So, for sure, enough of big miles like that will tire her out pretty quickly. And also the travel involved here as she's raced uh, at Pocono and Harris Philly to the Meadowlands, now to Woodbine Mohawk north of the border. So she has definitely been uh, all over the place. But nonetheless, I include her on my ticket. Also, the nine game of shadows, another one of those Ontario Sire Stakes horses, was a winner here at Woodbine Mohawk back on July the 12th and then was second Woodbine Mohawk back on July 23rd in the $100,000 final second to Western Wish. And then most recently down in the industry at Grand River, tough trip there, post eight, post eight on the half mile track, always, of course, an impossible spot. So we'll go two, four, five, six, and nine for me in race seven. And for sure, this is the leg where I hope to catch a price. So as we move to race eight, more Ontario Sire Stakes grassroots action, two-year-old Phillies, who do you use in race eight? Well, I am singling a horse in here, and it's one that I've been fond of since the uh, minute she qualified uh, at Grand River. And that's number seven, Do It For Josie. You know, in the Battle of the Bells last time uh, on Industry Day on August 2nd at Grand River, you know, she made the final. She had post seven. She tried a wide move in the last turn as well. Could only muster a sixth-place finish. Her stablemate, Love That Smile, was the dominant winner in there. And, uh, you know, it was interesting because I spoke to Louis Philippe Bois, uh, you know, for Cosa TV before uh, the races. And I asked him if he thought when he qualified both those horses, if he would be, you know, racing as the favorite in the final of the Battle of the Bells uh, with Love That Smile. He actually said, no, I would have told you it'd be do it for Josie. So, you know, all along, I thought do it for Josie was the better one. Uh, and he kind of, you know, felt the same way uh, early on. You know, do it for Josie uh, won her career debut in an OSS grassroots race in really fine fashion at Georgian Downs. Then finished third in a gold. Kind of got a weird trip 
uh, at Grand River, um, you know, in the elimination where she ended up finishing uh, fourth. But uh, I think that this horse has a lot more ability than what we've seen recently. I'm hoping that maybe she just didn't like the half mile track. Certainly raced better at Georgian Downs, which is a five eighths uh, mile track. And I'm looking forward to seeing her on the big track at Mohawk Park. Do it for Josie is my single, and she's also going to be my best bet of the night. The do it for Josie is for sure on my ticket, but I also used two others in there. I used the two and the four, the two Alaprima and the four Watch Her Fly. Alaprima finally gets a good post, and her four paramutual starts here. She has had post nine, post eight, post nine, and post six. And that post six last time at Wood by Mohawk on August the 5th, last Thursday was finally enough for her to finish third, beat only by two lengths, and took some more money there. There's been a very significant odds progression with her as well, over 115 to 1 on debut, then 61 to 1 second time out, all the way down to 8 to 1 two starts ago, and was all the way down to just under 3 to 1 in her most recent start. So we'll see if that trend continues as her post-position improvement continues. And I also like the four watch her fly who... Kind of got a bit of an odd trip, I thought, last time out. Uh, didn't get off the gate particularly well. Never really seemed to be in that race. But does get Sylvain Filion back in the sulky tonight, where on July 20th, these two teamed up to finish second, beat only by a length and a quarter. So we'll use that one as well. So two, four, and seven for me in race eight. Now, Robert, as we turn to race nine, the Phillies and Mares preferred handicap. We both have the same single here with the seven lit the rose. Yeah, Lita Rose, I think, uh, you know, has established herself as the best, uh, you know, uh, the best mare uh, on the grounds. You know, so much more uh, number six in the race has kind of, uh, you know, held that uh, regard for, uh, you know, quite some time. But whenever Lita Rose comes around, uh, she usually takes it from her. Uh, and, and last campaign here, you know, at Mohawk Park, she raced incredible. And, you know, this one, she's been nothing, you know, short or spectacular. You know, finishing second, uh, beating her nose and a top condition class, you know, first off the bench, then easily winning the preferred three starts back. She switched from steel to aluminum on July 23rd, got away last, and the, the pace just was not there up front. So she was up against it, had to come home in 53 and one just to get third. And then last time, got away last again off the gate. And this time, uh, you know, had no trouble getting past all her rivals, uh, you know, coming another incredible back half of 53. Uh, and two. So, you know, Lita Rose for me uh, is a single, you know, with a bullet in here. I, I really don't think that when she's on her game, anyone in here can touch her. So I'm actually going to hope that the uh, sevens are lucky, keying the seven in the eighth race and then coming right back and keying the seven, Lita Rose in the ninth. Well, Robert, you said basically what I was going to say, particularly I was going to say how in all I was of some of those back halves she's put together in these two most recent efforts. So we'll say it Again, just so listeners can hear it again, 53 and one, two starts ago. And right, a race they went to the half in 56 and two. So obviously, just not enough, no matter what she did, to catch the winner, but still finished a good third beat by two and three quarters. Now, last time out, a little bit quicker, 55 and one to the half. She came home in 53 and two. And that was enough for her to get up to win by a length. She was fourth by four at the top of the stretch in front at the wire by a length as your even money favorite there. So she figures to take some money here again, but. For sure, right to the inside, so much more will likely take some money as well. And major occasion A moving up to this class. So definitely could be some other horses take some money. So hopefully we'll get a pretty good price there on Lita Rose, our single in race nine. So finally, the payoff leg of this 
Late pick five, race 10, Ontario Sire Stakes grassroots two-year-old fillies. One more division on Friday evening's card. And for me, I just go too deep in here using the two Girl Scout cookie and the four where are we expat for the two Girl Scout cookie coming off of two wins in a row. She is two for eight here now, lifetime, and she does have the most experience in this field already with eight career starts. Back-to-back wins, she'll look for her third win in a row, and she has only failed to hit the board once so far in those eight races, so she's turning into a pretty promising two-year-old prospect. And for the four, where are we? Expat gets Doug McNair tonight. Comes off of a win here at Woodbine Mohawk back on July the 20th in the Ontario Sire Stakes. Then went to Grand River as part of that Battle of the Bells, won her elimination, and then she came back to finish third to, of course, a very good Love That Smile in that final. So she moves back here to the 7 8 mile track. I like her chances as well. So just two and four for me here to close it out. What about for you, Robert? I definitely agree with both those uh, for sure. You know, Girl Scout Cookie uh, has been perfect for Joe Pereira in those two starts uh, since joining his barn. And where we expat, you know, you have to use that one, I think, as well. Uh, Actually, uh, you know, my top uh, selection in the race is where we expat. But I did decide to add two in there, uh, maybe just because I'm looking for a price in the money leg and wanted to spread out somewhere. But I thought number nine, Galleria Sealster, you know, much improved effort last time uh, at uh, Grand River from post five, she rocketed to the lead and made every call a winning one in an impressive fashion. I thought she had tons left in the tank as she finished uh, across the wire. And the start before that, she actually got into a little bit of traffic trouble and finished with pace to finish third. She had to angle out to for, and try to find room in the stretch before finally getting a seam. I thought it was a pretty solid effort. I hate post nine, obviously, but... I said, you know what? I'm going to just trust that she was that much better last time. I'm going to throw her on the ticket and hope for a price from that outside post. The other one I threw in was number one at my peak. Uh, you know, uh, Carmen Osiello has had this horse for three starts now, picked up minor awards and two OSS golds, and then last time had broken equipment uh, in finishing fourth. And, uh, you know, non-winners of one event that was won by In the Mood. I just said, you know what, maybe this one uh, can can improve and, and step up uh, off that last effort. And the, the gold, uh, you know, outings weren't that bad. And, and maybe they stack up well against this group. So I threw that one in there just trying to hope uh, and maybe – get a price down in this last leg. I'm gone pretty thin throughout and, you know, I don't know if we're going to have too many prices leading up to this money leg. So I was hoping that, you know, maybe in here, that's where we can get one down. So, so again, much cheaper late pick five tickets relative to our early pick five tickets. But for Robert to recap, that's one, four, five with one, two, five single to the seven, another single to the seven, and then one, two, four and nine to close it out for a $7 and 20 cent ticket. And I outspent you just a little bit in the early pick five. I'll go a little cheaper than you in the late pick five to even it out. Four with two, four, five, six, nine with two, four, seven with seven with two, four for me. That's a $6 ticket. So that is the early and the late pick five on Friday evening at Woodbine Mohawk. And there is still two races after that. It is a big 12 race card on Friday night from Woodbine Mohawk with that first post time of 7 p.m. But Really quickly, we'll shift our attention south of the border before we wrap up here. And Friday evening at Harris Hoosier Park, part of the Grand Circuit, race 13 for them. Approximate first post time will be somewhere around 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's the Dan Patch Stakes presented by Brittany Farms. The free-for-all pacers going for $325,000 and a very good field 
We have, this is the plan from Post 3, talking to us about some of the major players. The 4 Catch the Fire, right next door. The 5 Cattle Wash is also there. Catch the Fire going off as your 3-1 to one favorite. This is the plan at 7-2. to two. Cattle Wash at 9-2. to two. And on the... And starting from the second tier, Backstreet Shadow is 4-1. to one. So, Robert, I'm not sure if you had any opinion on this race or if you even looked at it yet, but I got a chance to see a lot of these horses last week at the Hamiltonian. Yeah, you know, for me, you know, I, I watched that Hambo card. I never missed that uh, day of racing, that's for sure. And, you know, I was uh, impressed by the way uh, Catch the Fire ran down uh, Nicholas Beach. I, I haven't seen... Nicholas Beach kind of under that much pressure, uh, you know, and, and many of his starts and, you know, catch the fire, uh, got past that one. And uh, I thought it was a real nice effort. And just, you know, without really delving deep into the race, that's who I would kind of, uh, you know, give the uh, lean to uh, personally. I'd want to hear your, your opinion for sure, though, Edison. But, you know, obviously... I also have to kind of cheer for Sintra, right? Uh, you know, last time, uh, you know, up here, he did, uh, you know, find the winner's circle. He seems like he's rounding into his old farm. He does have the, uh, you know, the, the rail to work from. I, I like, um, you know, listen, I, I like him as a horse, and I certainly hope that uh, he does well. And uh, I, I he, he hooks, obviously, a tough field. After what I saw from Catch the Fire, he's up against it against that one for sure. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he got a piece of it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Sintra from the rail there will give some love to some of these possible longer shots in the field. Sintra from the rail is 10 to 1. Then we have working on a mystery right next door, post 2 at 12 to 1. 20 to 1 on Little Rocket Man from post 6. Brassy Hanover at 8 to 1 from post 7. No losing, post 8, 15 to 1. And tell me about it, post 9 at 30 to 1. And I'm with you. I thought Catch the Fire was really, really impressive Come running down Nicholas Beach there in the stretch when they hooked up at the Meadowlands on Hamiltonian Day. But also in that race, Catawash, I thought, had a very difficult trip there, was really pressured on the front end, had to lead for the first half mile, and just had nothing left there for the back half. So maybe he'll be rated a little bit better if he does go to the lead, or he can also do it from off the pace as well. So we'll see what the plan is there for Catawash. The one that, at least in my personal opinion, might be the play against is this is the plan who obviously – comes off of that world record mile of 147-3 and on the half-mile track at Northfield back in early June. But since then, getting a chance to watch him a couple times in the Meadowlands, he does have a win. We do have to give him credit for that. But I just think that he is a much better small track racer than he is on the big tracks. And Harris Hoosier Park, with that really, really long stretch for sure, might be a little bit of a challenge for him. So him as the second choice in the morning line, possibly even going off as the second choice, might be the play against, in my opinion. But for me, I will take Catawash on top to get a better trip here and get it done this time. And you're going with Catch the Fire. So that's the Dan Patch Stakes free-for-all pace for $325,000. Again, also Friday evening, August the 13th, first post, or post time, somewhere around 11 p.m. It's race 13 on a 15-race card at Harris Hoosier Park. So that will just about wrap up the time that we have here tonight. So, Robert, as always, thank you for joining us. And just to remind everyone of the Woodbine Mohawk schedule, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to finish out this week. First post time, 7 p.m. on all those cards, I believe. Robert, am I correct? Is it 11 races tomorrow night, then 12 and 12 Friday and Saturday? That is correct, yes. it was. I was busy writing the Horse Players Journal for the weekend, 12 on Friday and 12 on Saturday. So that is 35 races coming up in the next three days of Woodbine Mohawk. So lots of great racing action to delve into 
And as always, to play along at home, get those free past performances available at woodbine.com backslash mohawk backslash free hyphen programs. So again, we hope that you'll watch and wager along with the Woodbine Mohawk action this weekend. But this will conclude episode number three of First Over with Edison Hatter. We hope that you will join us next time.